I think Steve Clark will be relishing this game and I think the way he sets his team up will really suit us Leave everything out there you don't want to come in with any regrets you don't want to come in and look yourself in the mirror and think oh maybe I could have done a bit better listen it's a one off game go for it That's Stanley Griffiths guys that have played in big games for me they play Alec McLeish There is an amazing amount of confident young players in that Scotland team uh, this is a great opportunity at Moody the camp I would feel that they'll be feeling very very good about themselves let's hope we can get a fantastic result everybody's right behind the team and the country When it comes to Scotland, I'm always passionate about my country, so I always let my heart rule my head. But to go on eight unbeaten in international football is, is some record. It really gives us a lot of confidence going into the game. We've all been through that. We've watched them over the years. And it teams yourself with no chance. I don't think that, no. I think we've got a right good chance. The lads have played in big games before and they've produced on the, the highest level in the game. So, you know, we're hoping for the same. We're hoping that we use the pressure and everything that goes along with it in a positive way. And I, I believe we will do. And, you know, hopefully that's enough to get the result that we need. When you go into every game, it's obviously a message that you want to make sure that you, you leave everything out there on the pitch. This game, when the magnitude of the game is, is probably where I don't need to say that because the players will understand that if they come off the pitch with regrets, they'll, they'll never forget that night. So, you go out there, you do your best, you give everything you can and hopefully the footballing gods give you a little bit of luck, smile on you a little bit and you get the right result. This is one monumental kick. It is Kenny McLean and he's done it! If ever there was a time to seize the moment, that was it! And all of a sudden, a nation cheers, a nation about you Bam and Bits already <laughs> we've got two hours to go uh, we've been waiting more than 22 years for a Scotland men's team to qualify for a major tournament finals now we have to wait less than three hours for our big chance to end more than two decades of football agony mission to Belgrade kicks off at 7.45 at Serbia against Scotland for a place at the European Championship finals and you can be part of the big build up to Scotland best chance of qualification since 2007 0808 17 17 700 that's the number that links you with us on the Go Radio Football Show with me in the studio two men who know exactly what it feels like to pull on a dark blue shirt Kilmarnock winger Chris Burke has played and scored for Scotland former Celtic striker Simon Donnelly was part of that class of 98 which went to France for the world Cup. You two think of this as a two-hour therapy session ahead of kickoff as we build ourselves up to a massive match. Simon, what sort of shape are you in? 
Well, after that rousing start to the show, <laughs> Rob, I'm ready to play. The juices are flowing. Uh, can't wait for the game tonight. Uh, what, a, what a chance, what an opportunity to get to our finals. 22 years, it's been far too long for the men's team. And yeah, I'm just excited and can't wait to, to sit down and watch the game after the show. It's all, get, uh, it's all getting very emotional, isn't it? I mean, you posted that picture uh, on Twitter a short time ago of the, the reunion of the, the class of, uh, of 98. That must have been a bit special. Yeah, I jumped on the bandwagon. I was watching social media this morning. Everybody else was putting stuff up, so I chose to do the same. Uh, that was a fantastic reunion we did a couple of years ago uh, through at Dalmahoy. I think half the squad managed to make it on the day. Great memories, reminiscing. So, yeah, there's new stories to be made tonight, hopefully. Chris, it's great to have you with us in the studio. Um, how are you feeling at this stage? You, the, you look like the epitome of calmness. Well, I'm absolutely sweating underneath the shirt. <laughs> <laughs> After listening to that, yes, before before we started. No, I agree with Simon. It's great. I can't wait for the game. Like everybody else are looking forward to it. Um, at the same time, I know for a fact the way Steve Clark works that everybody will be nervous and anxious and uptight and thinking the worst um, or, th- or hopefully thinking the best. But he will definitely keep everybody in a le- level play- playing field and, and keep them very calm. Um, and hopefully it's a calm before the storm. Not too many people have had a more spectacular start to their Scotland career than you. Uh, two <laughs> goals in your first 15 minutes. That, that must have been incredible at the Kieran Cup in Japan. Yeah, Rob, what I can remember of it, I just told you off air that all I can remember is me yawning on the bench and being absolutely shattered uh, just because of the time zone and being in Japan. Um, it was my first trip away with Scotland. It was fantastic. Loved every second of it, what I can remember. Um, and to score in your debut is excellent. Um, and to actually come away with a cup at the end of it was was, was terrific as well. 5-1 against Bulgaria. I mean, it, you know, it seemed that seems like a fantastic result against a, a decent quality nation. And, and Chris Boyd scored a, a couple as well. That was his debut as well, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think I get two, he get two. And I'm, I'm not sure who scored the, 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 the other one. But no, it was great. It was great memories for myself. Um, always just remember when... I'm on the bench and in, in, in training and etc. I had to make sure I was on it because you know Walter Smith can give you that that weary eye when <laughs> if you're not if you're not on it. So yeah, hopefully um, I, I done my country proud for that game and hopefully there'll be a, a, there'll be many of them tonight that will do their country proud and we can all celebrate after the match. A night like tonight, Simon, it just must bring it all back for you. It does, aye. As I say, I've looked at social media all day and, and everybody's behind the nation again <clears throat> and it just uh, reminds you of, you know, back... That that was the good thing about it, going to 98 France. You just had that sense. There wasn't a great deal of social media back then, but you had that sense of a nation behind you. And when we... I mean, I was thinking on the way through tonight, actually, just on the bus going to the first game, I've actually spotted a couple of my mates, you know, walking along the side with all the tartan on. And it's things like that that uh, you kind of remember. And as I say, it's just the awareness of representing your country. You feel that sense of pride and the whole nation is behind you. And we want more of that. We'll have uh, Colin Hendry with us in the course of the show. In fact, maybe in about 15 minutes' time, the the man who led Scotland out at uh, France 98, Braveheart himself, will be with us with us soon. Uh, Darren Jackson as well, um, who well remembers those days as well. Uh, but lots, lots of people, uh, Simon included, uh, who were involved uh, in 98, will uh, happily have the, the records updated uh, tonight if Scotland can make it to a major final. Scotland men's team, of course, Scotland's 
Woodman, having uh, done it already under the management of Shelley Carey, who was with us earlier in the week, and you heard her voice on that opener to the show as well. We'll also have various uh, representatives of the Tartan Army talking to us about what it means to them. Of course, it's a crying shame that they are not represented in, in Serbia tonight, Chris, but it would be great to think that they've got something to look forward to. They've, they've got the biggest outing of their lives, maybe, to look forward to and a major finals. I'm sure they'll be making noise through the television. Um, <laughs> that's what we're like, aren't we? So, and they'll have the strips on and the scarves on, um, and everybody will be prepared for the match. So, yeah, no, definitely. I, I, I can't wait to watch the game myself with my own family. And hopefully, by the end of it, you know, I can see um, Scotland go through and, and, and reach the, the, the World Cup. Um, and, and hopefully and Euros because it'd be a great month um, for Scotland not just to get into one qualifier but for us for two um, so I can watch I can actually sit there with my kids and, and watch them do that and will they give you peace tonight are they, are they equally excited about it um, yeah no they are listen um, kids are kids aren't they they're a bit selfish aren't they they're not really interested <laughs> in other things other than themselves so um, I'll let them know when I get home you're the, man, you're the man in control of that remote tonight, I would imagine. So it it's, a strange, be... it's a strange one, though, Rob, isn't it? Because I've got three boys myself and none of them have experienced Scotland at I know. finals. I mean, it's generations have missed out on this. Mm-hmm. We grew up, I was a kid, grew up from, I think, the first one I remember is 82. And we were spoiled because you just assumed Scotland were qualifying every every four years for, for the World Cup, certainly. And then the Euros came along and we've, we've been at a few of them as well. So... It's taken for granted at times, but obviously 22 years now, it'd be great for the kids to, or the, the other generations to experience Scotland at a finals. I know. If somebody had said to you in 1998, it's not happening for the next 22 <laughs> years, you would have thought, yeah, pull the other one. Uh, let's hear from the, the gaffer then, Stevie Clark, on the massive significance of this match in Serbia tonight. When you go into every game, it's obviously a message that you want to make sure that you, you leave everything out there on the pitch. This game, with the magnitude of the game, is is probably where I don't need to say that because the players will understand that if they come off the pitch with regrets, they'll, they'll never forget that night. So you go out there, you do your best, you give everything you can, and hopefully the footballing gods give you a little bit of luck, smile on you a little bit, and you get the right result. Yeah, let's hope so for Stevie Clark and for Scotland as well. Uh, Chris, you've worked with him, of course, at Kilmarnock. I'm keen to to get your insight into what makes him tick and and what makes him the the manager is. In fact, in fact, before we went on here, I was just I was just checking because we all know that he's worked with big names as a as an assistant manager, and I was just going through them. So Bobby Robson, Ruth Hullet, Mourinho, Zola, Dalglish, and Di Matteo. That's not bad, is it? Yeah, I'm sure they'll be saying the same about him. Um, they've worked <laughs> with, with Steve Clark. Yeah, when he, as soon as he came in the door, he had that presence and um, he just made everybody calm, even though we were bottom of the table. Um, it didn't seem that way as soon as we stepped onto the training field. He, he did say at the very beginning, just let me worry about coaching. Um, everything else will take place. Just use, apply yourselves in the right way and give 100%. We did that and before you know it, we finished fifth and then third um, the following season. He's, I was just telling you earlier that he's, it's very difficult, I think, for nowadays to have a good coach um, and manager and he is that, he's both um, sometimes you just get a good manager that delegates for a coach and a good coach that then obviously they have a manager he does both very very well um, and I think that's came to fruition uh, ever so much when he's, he's took over at Kilmarnock and especially now with Scotland 
Kilmarnock winger Chris Burke with us on the Go Radio Football Show former <coughs> Scotland international of course as well same goes for Simon Donnelly former Celtic and Scotland I'm just trying to remember Chris um, how immediate the impact was for Stevie Clark at Kilmarnock because obviously with Scotland we've had to be patient and it's taken a little while for him to work the oracle yeah well it's, it's quite different circumstances because you're you're playing week in week out you can change things dramatically and at a quicker rate when you're with um, Scotland obviously you have to wait sometimes months and end to, to wait before you play um, so the, 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 the changeover would be a little bit different and slower but eventually he's got his point across. But for us, it was very quick. Um, we, we I think, drew with Rangers um, at the very beginning. Um, and then from then on, we kicked on. We, we started climbing the table. Um, we became a difficult team to beat. And I think that shows in what we are at Scotland. Um, there's one thing that, that Steve Clark's team will be is that we'll work from back to front rather than um, maybe front to the back. He's, he's very, very controlled in that way. And it, it just brings belief into the players. Um, even it doesn't matter if you're in the starting 11, the, 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 the substitutes, the ones that aren't playing, can just step in and do the exact same thing. Um, I think we've seen that over the course of, of the way Scotland are playing. Um, so it's it, it'll, it'll be great to see, hopefully, obviously working with them, that I would love to see him be successful as Scotland manager because I think he deserves it. And the career that you just told me there and the, the managers that he's worked with um, has hopefully came and used all that experience to come to this moment. Yeah, it's interesting because, I mean, what you're talking <clears throat> about, we've seen and heard evidence of that this weekend in that the, the fringe players, if you can call them that, in the squad are equally important. And we've heard in the course of this week on this show from the likes of Kenny McLean, Scott McKenna, two guys who probably won't be in the starting lineup tonight, but who clearly are singing from exactly the same song sheet as everybody else. So th- there is that togetherness, there is that <coughs> club feel, which is what every interna- international manager wants in the squad. We're going to be hearing from you uh, in the course of the show 0808 17 17 700 even if you just want to come on and wish Scotland well tonight we want you to be part of the show we want you to have your say and uh, Ryan has got in touch with us Scotland fan Ryan how are you doing? I'm not bad Rob how's yourself? Aye good well I'm getting a bit jittery to be honest at this stage the tension is mounting um, for me and I guess it is for you as well Yes yeah absolutely it's um, one of the things that are we going to are we going to do it? Are we not? You know. Well, you tell me. <laughs> Hope so. Well, I, I think we will. I think we've got <clears> a, a strong enough squad. We've got enough players now that's at the, the highest level to do it. Um, but in my opinion, I would really like them to go more attacking tonight. I would, I would really like them to go for it and not sit too defensive. It, you know, we, we put the pressure on them, not them put the pressure on us. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point, Chris, isn't it? I mean, as you say, that's the way Stevie Clark works from back to front in terms of building building the team. Um, but when, you don't want to be yeah. defending for 90 minutes or maybe 120 minutes. No, of, of course you don't, but you want to stay in the game, especially you have to be respectful to your opponents. You know, that well, it's not as if we're playing at Hamden. Also, we're playing away. I would just be interested, Ryan, what, what would you say then to be more attacking? What would be your team? What would you like to see then? Um, well, the usual team, but just change the formation and put uh, London Dykes and Griffiths up top. Right, OK, so start with Griffiths instead. Yeah. Of, of who yeah. would you say then? Uh, well, who would I drop? I'd, I'm not too sure. See, that's just, when it just becomes a formation difficult. That would, I, I know, I know. But I do like to put two up top. Ryan, if, would, you, if would, you any to, would you go to a back four then to enable that to happen? 
Yeah, yeah, I probably would. Yeah, but I mean that that I mean everything that's been leading to this, Ryan, has been a back three, hasn't it? Yeah. So I mean, yeah. this would be a massive match to be changing formation. Yeah, the thing is, but when you have something on the line and at stake, then you try and mm-hmm. stick to what you've done before. Um, and knowing Steve Clark. He'd probably stick to the same formation as what they've stuck to before. Um, maybe he could try that and hopefully through time that Griffiths gets more game time and more match fit um, back in mm. the squad, then you might see what you're asking for. Um, but just because in this moment in time, in fact, you might actually see it in three days' time after the game, you know, because yeah, they, play, they play Slovakia and it's an important game. Um, similar circumstances as the last campaign when they had to qualify, then they played Slovakia again and they rotated the squad. Uh, so you never know. You might actually see what you're 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 wanting to see, but maybe not yeah. tonight. Maybe in three days' time. Yeah, and certainly mm. further down the line. I mean, that 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 is a tantalising prospect, isn't it? The thought of uh, Lyndon Dykes and and Lee Griffiths in tandem. Yeah, Griffiths for me, you know, is still Scotland's best striker. Yeah. And he's he's flitting back into the Celtic team a wee bit more often now, which is good to see. He scored a couple of goals and gets himself back into the squad. I think for tonight, I think Chris is right. You know, I don't think we'll tweak too much in terms of the shape. Uh, there might be a, a, a little change to the personnel. You've obviously got Tierney and Robertson, two big players for his back tonight. Uh, but hey, Griffiths is a good one to have on the bench up your sleeve. You know, if we're still in the game with half an hour to go. Uh, he can come on and get us a goal. Yeah, yeah. he could be the man to do it uh, t- tonight. Yeah, the thing is, you know, when 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 you're playing in a match as important as this, you know, you, you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket, as they would say. You know, you don't want to start to attack him because then you look at your bench and then you think, then who to that? Who can I rely on to to change the game for me to give me that life? Um, that, that we need in the match um, and that's why we probably be best just keeping Griffiths on the bench um, to, to if, if needed then he can step up and, and give us a little bit of magic So Ryan what about a prediction then for tonight have you, have you got a scoreline ready for us? Yeah I'm going for 2-1 tonight 2-1 after 90 minutes? Yeah, yeah at 90 minutes I don't want to go to the extra <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that, that, that was too, too nerve in the last time Yeah, and, and a, have you got a couple of goal scorers? I'm going for Lyndon Dykes to score first and then <clears> if, if it's Lyndon Dykes up top Lyndon Dykes scores first Lyndon Dykes comes off Griffiths comes on and he, he puts us through Perfect nice. take that. Sounds nice. I, think, okay. I, think, I think we'll settle for that Ryan good to have you on the show okay. Thanks Ryan Cheers, You too Ryan. buddy See you later on now. All the best That was uh, Scotland supporter Ryan going for a 2-1 Scotland uh, prediction We'll be getting a prediction out of our next guest shortly as well and he is the former Scotland captain Colin Hendry The Goal Radio Football Show Thanks, Chris. Let's hope there are no blockages on the road to the European Championship finals. It's Serbia against Scotland, and it's two hours, 20 minutes, and counting to kick off. We'll have the team news around about half past six. We'll be speculating about it between now and then. We will know for sure at that point the 11 uh, good men who are lined up for Scotland in uh, Belgrade. Can they get the job done, having beaten Israel on penalties in the semi finals? Um, all the talk is positive based on that uh, eight-game unbeaten run, of course. And here's the skipper, Andy Robertson. A lot of the lads have played in have played in playoff finals, and I know how much pressure that is. And John McGinn scores for f- scores for Villa in it. I've seen Cal McGregor, I've seen Kieran Tierney, I've seen Ryan Jack playing in Europe at the highest level, and Scott McTominay putting in unbelievable performances against PSG and things like that. So. 
and then all the other lads, you know, Kenny McLean got promoted with Norwich, and so you know, there's a whole list of lads that, when the big occasion comes, they don't shy away from it. Certainly, when he lists those names, it adds to your confidence going into this game, doesn't it? Players playing at Manchester United and Arsenal and Liverpool and Aston Villa and Southampton, of course, Rangers and Celtic. Well, let's go from. Uh, one former skipper, I'll try that one again, the current skipper, to a former skipper, the man who led us out in 1998 at the Stade de France for that uh, momentous match against Brazil. Colin Hendry's on the line. Hi, Colin. Good evening, gentlemen. How are you? All pretty nervous, I'm sure. Yes, yes. various <laughs> various degrees of uh, nervousness here. I would think it's safe to say it's uh, Rob McLean, Chris oh. Burke and Simon Donnelly here. Colin Hendry with us on the line. And uh, have you made your way to Keith... In the northeast, are you there yet? I'm here now. Rob, you've, yes, you've, so. you've made it. You've made you've made the journey, and you're going to be watching the game with your mum tonight. Yes, that was the plan. Um, and listen, that I've got really high hopes about tonight. Um, uh, momentum's with us. We've gone so many games unbeaten. We, we, uh, I can't see it being a high-scoring game. Um, if we score, then they've got a, they've got a lot of. They've got a massive uphill task to try and score against us because only because of what we've done recently. Yeah, but I'm I'm really confident. I am confident, and why not? Absolutely, and, and Andy Robertson sounded confident there, and and it's when he lists those names that it definitely does add to the belief um, and the fact that we've got a, a really good manager in place as well. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm going when we go back a bit when we qualified and Sid was with us and and France and everyone else. You know, we had, we had players playing at the top. The Rangers and Celtic boys were all in the Champions League in the last stages of the Champions League. But Paul Lambert won in the Champions League itself with Dortmund. John Collins was in Monaco. A lot of the boys were at the top of the Premiership and winning things. And so we're not far away at this minute in time with what we've got to pick and select from in relation to what we did 22 years ago. And you, um, and you Ronaldo in your back pocket. Well, I don't know. In the tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Colin. It's Chris Bork here. Burke, how are you, sir? I'm right? all right, good. Um, no, I was just wondering, obviously I've worked with Steve Clark and you've um, with Craig Brown. Would you see? Mm-hmm. Would you say that it was similar characteristics? Because I, I, I looked back on it and to qualify in, in your group, um, he's had eight clean sheets out of the ten games. Um, yeah. He's were high runners up. So the games in them were, were the non-exciting games, as some people have have, have said about this the Scotland team just now. Yeah, no, I I go with everything you've said there. I mean, there is a comparison and a distinct comparison. And the only problem, of course, is that because of COVID and the situation we're in at this minute in time, is that the fans aren't allowed to maybe air and view themselves as much as they want to, certainly in a personal sense, because they can't attend the games. And that's that's been the biggest problem. Even if we do go through tonight, the problem is, I don't know, unless we get a vaccine pretty quick, the fans won't be able to go to the games. But there is a there is a resemblance. I, I totally agree with you there on that. And listen, from where we are at this minute in time and how we feel at this minute in time, and in relation to what happened 22 years ago, it's very similar, but we wouldn't pass it up. We would not give the situation we're, up, we're involved in now is so much to be involved. It's just better. And it gives us, you know, we know we're having world football. We ain't gonna, if we qualify, we ain't going to win it. 
but you never ever know. Just by qualifying would be a great um, a great feat for us. And it's great to hear from the likes of you uh, and, and Simon and all the rest who, who were there. Um, I was lucky enough to be there as well uh, from, uh, and the, from a media uh, point of view. And, and as we said earlier on the show, we just wouldn't have believed at that stage that it was going to be a couple of decades and more before we were, were getting back to, to another finals. But, but it's actually getting across what it all means, that, that, what the moment means, that, that moment of qualification and being there uh, at the top table of world football Colin, or, or in this case, European football, you know, it, it's 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 worth it, isn't it, to to give it absolutely everything? Worth it and some, Rob. You know, um, it's the greatest honour I've had in my career to uh, play for my country. You know, that's that's the greatest honour for me to to to, to play for my country, um, to be very fortunate to captain them, and then qualify for the Euros in '96 and the World Cup in '98, as well as is just something else, really. You know, I mean, I come, you know, Rob, you know where I come from, Keith. Yeah, you know? yeah. I'm in the middle of the northeast of Scotland, you know, guys and people from here really don't achieve that sort of... Um, you're, the, you're, the, you're the metropolis compared to my Invergordon, mind you. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know about that, but it's... If we, I tell you what, if we succeed tonight, it's... Um, it'll be well-deserved because I think Steve Clark's done a great job and going back to what Berkey said there, you know, there is a, a complete comparison with um, Rick Craig, but at the same time, the fans enjoyed themselves and we had better luck after tonight the fans will enjoy themselves again. And, and was it, sorry, si, I'll let Sai si have a word in a sec, but, but was it similar <clears throat> in, in terms of the getting, was it with Craig Brown, was it was it getting, a, finding a system, the right system, and then if you did have call-offs and injuries and whatever, uh, you could slot people into that system and it still worked? That was exactly it. You know, it doesn't, I mean, it didn't really matter who the three at the back was. We played with three at the back. We were difficult, we were difficult to score against. But we got our chances, and when we had our opportunities, we more than more than likely we took them. There wasn't there wasn't a lot of three ones and four twos and stuff like that. But, you know, it was either a one nil, a nil nil, one nil, or a two one or a two nil. That's what it was, and <clears throat> it's been like that recently. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. it's it's not unlike what it happened them years ago. And the players that do play in these positions and fill in for a for a better phrase. They know their jobs because it was, it was what it was. It was so dem- demonstrative in a way that people realised when they turned up, didn't matter the personnel, they knew their jobs. Yeah, I think, Cole, I think I was listening to Chris earlier on talking about that actually, and it, for me, it's bang on as well. I mean, looking back on that team that we were in, you know, yeah. you had the experience of yourself, Tom Boyd, Tosh McKinley. I know Craig Burley sometimes played in the right and didn't prefer to play there <laughs> but they all knew their jobs you know with Lambo in the middle and you had two strikers that would go and work their socks off up top and I remember mm-hmm. as a young attacking player myself being a wee bit frustrated not being able to get in that team because of the setup. but it was effective it was effective and there's so much that resembles in this this team just now we're not high scoring uh, we're getting clean sheets and we're nicking wins and I think that's where it, it's got us to this position tonight yeah yeah, well, without a shadow of a doubt, you know, people had to make way for the setup of the team. Said, you know, we 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 all knew that we were never going to be going with a four four two and no. having two wings crossing like 
eight, ten, twelve crosses into the box within ninety minutes. We knew that was not going to happen. Yeah, um, we knew that we were going to be patient, difficult to beat, and along the ninety minutes, we we did get an opportunity to to score a goal. And and, and the one of the referen- making a reference to something about player slot, and then when the, when the playoff in two thousand against England that that. Um, Hamden when we get beat by England. Yeah. Paul Ritchie Paul Ritchie played it right back who England English players hadn't heard of him. Mm-hmm. Mark Beckham Mark Beckham at the game because of a player slotting into a position, into a situation yeah. and just doing it and doing and the job. That yeah. was the best one of the best examples I'm thinking right off the top of my head as I'm speaking to you guys now. Yeah. I think ever since the, the squad was named, Colin, um we've been sketching out in the back of a fag packet our our, our eleven to to start and and of course that's changed a little bit in the last few days because Ryan Fraser pulled out and I think most of us would have had Ryan Fraser in the in the starting lineup. So how does this sound for sound to you just in terms of getting your take on what you think the team will be? Um what I've got scribbled down here is Marshall and goals, McTominay, Gallagher and Tierney as a three, O'Donnell and Robertson as wing backs. Jack and McGregor as the holding midfielders, Christie and McGinn as the main support to Lyndon Dykes up front. How how does that sound to you? Do you think that will be close to it? Yeah, I mean, more than, more than likely that is going to be it, I would think. Um, there has been, over the course of the last 24, 37 hours, he might play, that someone else might play. The, the thing about it is, Rob, is that the player, all these players that's been assembled, they all know that. This, I think they know the system and the way it's going to try. I think I think they understand because they're all very very good players. I mean, I've seen a lot of different things from ex-players in the last few days in the media about the present group of players being in a in a situation where they all know their jobs. They're all top of the tree, and they all know their jobs if they're if they are put into that situation and that's that, that's a big thing because in the last 22 years I think at times we've not had players that could accept that or understand it yep. so that when you've got players at a top or a higher level then they can then just slot into these situations because they know from the word well they've known for a few games now how we set our team out and how we're going to do and, and how we're going to play um, and it won't be a different time and, and I think there's, Chris, and you know all about this, that, that growing understanding, which presumably you went through at Kilmarnock, of, of Stevie Clark's ways, the way he wants to play, the system he wants to play, how he wants everyone to fit into it. And obviously, because time is more limited at international level, uh, it takes longer. It has taken long. We've had to be patient with Scotland, but, but now there's that progression. Yeah, of course, um, Colin's right in what he said there, you know. Um, but at the same time, I think probably he would say that that all came from the training field as well. And probably Craig Brown managing the team that is not playing, I think that's really important. Um, and that's what Steve Clark does, probably similar to what Craig Brown did as well. Um, so it's just making sure that they are still on side and still have still have that energy levels and enthusiasm to train hard every day and to to challenge the team that's playing um, and then 
that's what Steve Clark's good at. You know, he'll, he'll take someone out who has who is in the starting eleven in training, and he'll put the other player in who's not, and it just gives them that belief and know that that when asked upon, that it's, it doesn't become a strange environment to him. He and can a, just and, step in and, and play. A, and I guess a great example of that was Andy Considine being brought in when when he had player problems in the last squad, uh, into the squad, into the team, and outstanding in the two games. It was terrific, Considine. I think the, the, the most important thing for me was was how well he played. I was delighted for him. Um, great pro. I don't know him, but um, he just seems a great human being. And I think everybody connected with him after his, his interview, after the match. You know, he was getting emotional. Even I got a little bit emotional <laughs> yeah, for him, and I'm yeah. sure everybody did. And that's just that's just Scotland for you. Yeah. And you, you'll, pro- you'll probably be getting a little bit emotional tonight, Colin, yourself. Well, unless well, my mum's... I'm all be on the wine, so <laughs> <laughs> the cooking sherry. I'm going to drink for about seven months. So I'll have a sniff of that. <laughs> well, that's all you'll need. Um, l- listen, lovely to lovely to hear from you. Take care of yourself and uh, enjoy it tonight. And hopefully, we'll speak to you soon. Thanks, Colin. Enjoy the game, big man. Enjoy. enjoy the game. That's Colin Hendry, the former Scotland captain. He led the team out at France in '98. Can we get ourselves to another major finals? Let's hope so. Waking up at Glasgow and the West. This is Uri Geller. I will be concentrating on the match today. I want Scotland to win. Obviously, I'm not a miracle worker, nor a prophet, nor a guru. Still have guilty feelings about the time when I moved the ball away from Gary McAllister's foot in Euro 96 with mind power. The fans, a combined surge of energy from you will lift the team up. So good luck, Scotland. I hope you win today. God bless you all. Much energy and love from me, Uri Geller, in Israel. Go Radio Breakfast with Crofty, Adele and Grado. Weekdays when you wake up. Go Radio. Let's go. I know I'm... I know I'm beginning to sound a bit like the speaking clock, but uh, two, hour, two hours, <laughs> two hours and counting. It's uh, just about five forty-five. So yeah, seven forty-five in Belgrade. It all starts for uh, Scotland against Serbia, playing for a place at the European Championship finals. Great to hear Colin Hendry there, the old Braveheart himself, who is uh, tucking into the cooking sherry with his mother <laughs> and Keith as we speak, as he prepares himself for what is to come tonight. Let's hear. Let's speak to. A, another hero of uh, 98 uh, he loved it at the time and he's hoping uh, Scotland can rewrite the record books uh, tonight in Belgrade Darren Jackson is with us hi Darren hi Rob how are you good thank you yourself <laughs> a hero I don't think said will be saying that <laughs> no, he was, he, was, he was nodding along with me He might have been nodding off But he was nodding along Listen, with me I, thought. I just couldn't believe you were on tonight Because you've been telling me for 22 years How you were number 10 in the first game of the World Cup And I've got to have to listen to it all over again tonight Wait, Rob, that's nonsense I've never mentioned it I've never mentioned it I just let it go You know what I mean? You just got to let these things go Yeah I, I'm, I'm just wondering which version I'm going to believe And I, I think I've made up my mind about it already To be perfectly honest with you uh, Before we start talking senior side, Darren And before you you start mentioning number 10 in, in France um, you were watching you were commentating um, on the under 21s game this afternoon against Croatia how did that go? As in the first half uh, they just didn't look they didn't go on the ball enough and they, they were listen they were a, they were a good side um, I mean the, cent- the, the centre half um, was 15 million euros to a place for Leipzig yeah. um, so I mean they, they were a very good side put us under pressure looked as though they were and behind Daniel Harvey down that side, that's where the two goals came from. Um, 
the second one was a, a wonder goal into the top corner but the second half they brought great Glenn Middleton on and it just kind of changed the game he was going at them and causing them problems and we got two great goals and as I know I think they'll be happy obviously with the second half and getting the point um, against a, a really good Croatia side but um, I think they'll be disappointed with we Billy Gilmore getting sent off. Um, that was, I mean, I think Billy committed a foul and he was standing right beside the referee and I can only take it. It was foul and abusive language and it was just a straight red. Yeah, maybe the learning learning curve for, for Billy Gilmore. So Glenn Middleton, as you say, scored. Conor McLennan scored as well. It's a point for Scotland. Who who were the top uh, performers for the, the home team at Tynecastle? Well, I gave, I gave Glenn man of the match, even though he came on. Um, as I say, the first half we did OK. Without, we couldn't really get the ball up to Fraser Hornby which was disappointing. The quality up to him, he, he never he had a kind of frustrating night after scoring um, a hat trick in in the last game. But the second the second half they all did very well. They were all up for it. McCrory McCrory did well. Um, get getting forward. Connor McLennan came on and scored scored a great goal. Alan Campbell, you know what Alan Campbell's all about. Gets about people and all that. Um, so they all did. Uh, Daniel Harvey put great balls into the box. So they all did really well the second half, but they, they put themselves under pressure. But if you have the young the young boys, um, they pulled themselves out of it. And, and probably if Billy hadn't been sent off, I think they probably could have gone and won the game. You would have been keen to go to Greece for the next game under normal circumstances to top up your tan on uh, on Tuesday. Um, I, I just think it's... it's <clears throat> excuse me, I think it's just been taken off... Um, the list so Has it? just means a call Rob so ah. let's see if I can top my Get on that flight <laughs> <laughs> yeah it could be a, a late a late bid for some uh, November sunshine from uh, Darren Jackson there but so many big games coming up um, obviously the obvious one uh, uh, tonight then it's uh, Slovakia for the senior side that game in Greece for the under 21s then it's Israel in the Nations League for Scotland away from home that's Wednesday the 18th and then the Scottish women's team play in Portugal uh, followed by a home game against Finland and their European qualifiers as well um, but obviously our spotlight uh, is on 7.45 in, in Belgrade Darren how, how are you feeling about it? Um, listen all, what I would say Rob is we've given ourselves I think the best chance because apart from um, James Forrest and Ryan Fraser we've got our strongest squad there which yeah. we need we need when listen all through the years we've always needed our our, be, our best players our best players there so we're giving ourselves a chance I think it'll be extremely hard my heart's my heart's telling me um, your heart's going to the clappers <laughs> <laughs> yes hopefully my heart's my heart's telling me 2-1 that it will be we obviously don't know the, the team he's going to play I've got a team in my head that I think um, could be successful but I've been sacked three times, so what do I know? <laughs> Jack, Jacko, obviously you, Jacko, you, uh, yeah. you know Griff really well. Uh, would, would, would you start him tonight or would you leave him on the bench to come on and use to good effect later on? Well, as long as he's not listening, because he might have a go at me as well. Um, but no, I would, uh, listen, we want to stay in the game. Yeah. I, I, I'm not sure at this level he could start the game. Yeah. I would have, I would have, right, I, listen, I would even have, Stuart Armstrong playing off dykes, but I would yeah, probably he's, have he's on form, they, Stuart. He's on form at yeah, Southampton, yeah. Uh, and, and Simon, you know, Stuart is one with pace that can maybe get in behind Hot as well. Teams, yeah. Ryan, like, Ryan likes to come to the ball, but I think he'll go with 
with probably Ryan playing playing off Dyke. Yeah. But listen, I said in the last the last squad, I would always have Lee Lee Griffiths on the bench because you know what he can come on and do. He's done it for Celtic over the last uh, couple of weeks, yeah. and he can do he can do it for Scotland. He's not scored a lot of goals for Scotland, but he's definitely won. I think he's our biggest. There's no doubt he's our biggest threat for for scoring goals. And presumably his lack of games has got to be an issue as well in terms of starting with him. Yes, of course it is. He's, he's like he didn't go on. I was at the Motherwell Celtic and he didn't go on, which for him it'll be probably frustrating. He'll be happy the team won, but um, it'll be frustrating that he, he didn't didn't go on the pitch and he'll be thinking why after scoring the goal in the European game. But um, that's another that's up to Lenny. But tonight, I just think it would be a lot because they're going to be in possession of the, of the ball, you would imagine, more than we're going to be in possession of the ball. So I'm just thinking if we can hang on to the game to maybe 25 minutes to go, then you bring him on, he's fresh and, as I say, he's always a goal set. Do you want to take that team that's in your head and put it on the airwaves? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, as I've said... Declan Gallagher has done exceptionally well for us and I, I probably am being a little bit harsh on him but I just think you need tonight we need our our best players that are playing at the top level and I just think I know it's three left-footed centre-halves I know that I wouldn't have McTominay in there I think he's, he's done OK and Stevie Clark likes him he probably will play in there but I would, I would, I would have Cooper, McKenna and Tierney as a back three I would have McTominay with um, McGinn and McGregor and uh, Robertson and I think it'll be Palmer um, I would probably go with O'Donnell but I think it'll be Palmer and I think State will play off Dykes now that could be totally totally wrong because I think he's happy with Declan Gallagher and he should be happy with him because yeah. he's done very well that he's been in the team but when you've got boys that are playing in the Premiership and playing in ma- massive gains all the time and that's not being disrespectful to Motherwell but playing against real top players week in week out um, I think that's very important So that would be Chris that would be an all new back three for Scotland if, if Darren was right which which would be pretty radical wouldn't it? Yeah no listen everybody's got their own views and formations and what to pick and if only we could have a crystal ball and know what the perfect solution would be um, but there's one thing I do probably agree with um, is Darren is it on the right hand side um, just because it's away from home you know we have that energy and that attacking threat on the left hand side from Robertson I just don't I just think he might shoot it up a little bit on the right hand side and and, and, and not play O'Donnell um, and play um, Palmer right. um, just to make that that a bit more secure. Um, as he said, you know, as Dan said, you know, we are away from home. We have to stay in the game. Um, so yeah, that's certainly one area that that I agree with with Darren. And and the, the back three is a difficult one, isn't it? The, the one thing that that has happened over the course of the last games is that McTominay's always started there. So then shifting him into midfield, a, a position that obviously plays for Manchester United at times that he's not really played much at, at, at international level. So he's always one that's kind of has been the, the ever-present um, and it's other two through COVID or through um, injury or suspension that, that they've not played. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm fully I'm fully agreeing with uh, Darren in the right-hand side. I just think with, with uh, Declan Gallagher, um he just he just looks so cool and composed in that position, uh, part of that 
the three-man unit at the back. I, I just don't see any reason to to depose him, uh, not, Simon, from not, that position. What listen, do you think? Listen, Rob, as Chris says, we've all got our own opinions. I've I've got the same team jotted down here as you, so right. I don't know if I should be worried with that. Uh, well, you should be worried. <laughs> <laughs> but as as Jacko says, listen, Gallagher has not let anybody down in the games that he's played he certainly has not I can see Jacko's argument you know in terms of players down south playing against a higher quality but again it's, it's opinions I've, I've got Gallagher in with McTominay and, and bringing Tierney in in the back three tonight So the thing you know, is as well that let's face it nobody has let anybody down no that's true <laughs> so there yeah. only is a living to choose from and nobody <laughs> has let anybody down which is a fantastic thing for Scotland Correct. where players can just step in and step out and they know that when they step out they want their teammate to do well and they know especially this just isn't a one-off game where we can qualify we have another important game three days later um, so I wouldn't be surprised if he's already thinking about the game ahead because that's the way he works. Is he thinking, do you think, Darren, about Mitrovic and the, the, the challenges that he, the physical challenges that he poses in terms of what he's doing with that back three? Yes, well, listen, uh-huh, without doubt. And I, I just Grant Hanley was in, obviously he's pulled out. He would have had six centre-halves in. Now you've got the six centre-halves here and you're going to play a centre-mid centre-half. Now, I understand why he wants to play him because he wants to. He probably thinks he's probably the best passer of the ball and can we can we get out? Now, um, so I think that, that'll that be um, Stevie's, Stevie's thinking on playing McTominay there. I just think when you're playing against the top boys, a centre-mid, now he's a defensive centre-midfield there, so he's got that defensive side to him that he, c- he could play centre-half or he can play centre-half but I just think when it's the top boys that you want a really a, 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 a right-sided minded centre-half in there rather than a midfield there that doesn't play there he doesn't even play there for his club now as yeah. I said he's played there before and they've gone eight or is it nine games eight, undefeated uh, so, no nine so, after tonight so, does a... <laughs> yeah, yeah so they all they all, de- they all deserve it Chris is right they all deserve it I mean whatever team he picks they actually deserve to be to be in the team Declan de- deserves to be in the team but this is the, I think this is a, obviously it is the big one but this is a, a proper team we're playing tonight So your prediction Mr Jackson? Now that you've given well, us your team, I I, I'm actually I'm, my my heart feels in my head, and I think we can go and win two one. Yeah, the, the thing is, we need to remember that we are Scotland, and that Serbia are struggling a little bit. You know, they're bottom of the nation league with just two points. Um, apparently, they've not won a home game since in ninety minutes since the last year. Albeit they've only played four or five games at home. Um, so again, that's a positive, and I know for a fact in that dressing room and. The meetings before that we will that will be getting addressed. You know, we we we're on a good run of form, and they are not. Well, let's hope uh, their form continues. Darren, good to have you on the show, and uh, we'll we'll check that team selection uh, at about <laughs> half six, and we'll get back to you on those and those six you got wrong. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure I'm sure here for Simon. Right, I know. Very much, as long as you, as long as you got the score right, that'll do. This is the Go Radio Football Show. The Go Radio Football Show. And uh, Si, how are we doing in terms of the countdown to 745? Yeah. I can't work it out now. What a an yeah. hour and 39. An hour and 39. We should get the Scotland team around about half past six. 
and uh, speculation is rife as to who Stevie Clark will be uh, picking. And I'm, I'm a, still a little bit rocked by Darren Jackson's just selection. Just apple cart there. He has, yes, hasn't he? Yeah. And I, I just I thinking. Well, I mean, you know, I've got Simon Donnelly and, and, uh, and Chris Burke with me in the studio, and you've worked closely with Stevie Clark, and I, I just. In my mind, I just can't see him making so many changes to the team. Is continuity not a key word, Chris, for him? Yeah, it is, but the whole team has that. You know, mm. the squad has continuity. You know, it doesn't really matter, as we said before, that not, every, not everybody's done well when they've stepped in. So um, he could make a couple of changes, and I think he will. Um, I don't, I'm not sure if he's wanting to talk about teams just yet, um, or we'll just wait a little bit longer before we start talking about formations and who we should pick. Um, but no, I, I think no matter we've talked about it before, whoever steps in is going to do a job. Um, I think there'll be a couple of changes there. Oh, we're all throwing our hat in the ring, even even those of us like me who know nothing about it. But uh, so, what's your what's your starting eleven? Well, I think. The, the, the important thing is, is that I think that the, the front, the middle three will stay the same. I think it'll be, you know, Jack McGregor, McGinn. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, obviously Robertson will come in for Taylor in the last match, um, and then the big talking point is obviously Dykes plays, and the big talking point is who is the back three, um, and on the, who is on the right hand side. Uh, for me, I think he'll go as I said before, a little bit less attacking on, on the right hand side just to shoot it up a little bit just because it's away from home and because of the because of the, the importance of the game um, pulling Palmer on the right hand side um, and that's no disrespect to O'Donnell it's just because as we spoke about before before you know on the bench what can you look at that's your former teammate you're leaving out I know I know listen we got on well don't worry I'll be fine with that um, <laughs> he said worse about me don't worry about it <laughs> um, so you know when you look at your bench who can be more attacking threat if, if needed being a O'Donnell definitely would, would give that um, so we don't have to win the match in minute one you know it could be minute 89 uh, so my my team would be Marshall and goal I would play McTominay, I would play McKenna and I would play um, Tierney. Um, the reason being is just because um, McKenna maybe could deal with me, Mitrovic. Mitrovic a little bit better. Um, nothing to do with with how Gallagher is played. Um, and obviously Tierney steps in and Considine steps out, which which will be no problems there because I think Considine will probably play the match after and Gallagher will do also the next match. Um, so then obviously you've got Robertson and Palmer in the, in the wing you've got the same middle three as I said and then you've got Dykes and then who supports him everybody said that who should we pick um, obviously Fraser's out injured you have we we take a little bit of pace out of the team then um, because when you counter attack you need a little bit of pace to, to, to open the play up and it's a difficult one I was thinking about it um, but I'm going to have to go with Christie just because I think he's a terrific player on the ball and off the ball. Um, he's got great manipulation and he can drive at players and commit players. And whether it's a one v two, he can get past them and he can find a pass as well. And he can score goals. Um, and I think he takes penalties as well for Scotland. So just in case he get a penalty, um, that could be important. So I'm going with with Christie behind Dykes, okay. and I feel sorry for Armstrong. Everybody speaks about Armstrong, and I think he is probably the most unluckiest Scotland player there has been in the past couple of um, seasons or, or times at, at Scotland because he's a terrific player. He's so intelligent. He does run off the ball a lot, um, and he, he, he is very good on the ball as well. Makes intelligent runs and creates space for others to create to to, to control the 
the, the ball. Um, so yeah, that that's my team. And it's going to be a night for a squad as well. It's going to be. It's not just going to be about eleven. You would imagine in the in the course of the evening. So that's uh, Chris Burke's team then. Um, Simon is really worried that uh, he is agreeing with my um, selection. So far. worried, shocked, <laughs> alarmed, yeah, all of the above. Um, so Chris's team is Marshall and goals McTominay, McKenna and Tierney. Uh, Palmer and Robertson in the wing backs, Jack and McGregor in the holding midfield, uh, Christian McGinn uh, in support of Lyndon Dykes up front. And you'll very quickly tell me if I got that wrong. So, no, the, right. well the, good. I was listening. Um, I'm going to listen now to Gordon from Tartan Scarf, the Tartan Scarf website, uh, who's a big Scotland fan. And uh, the tension Gordon will be mounting for you as well at the moment, I'd imagine. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, I've been off work today, which in hindsight was a terrible idea. Um, I've, <laughs> paced, I've paced a hole in the carpet. Um, yeah, it, yeah, very nervous. <laughs> what did you make of that uh, Chris Burke team selection? Um, I think it, I think it's very interesting. Um, I think I think Steve Clark's attitude so far has been consistency in selection. You see, there's very few changes in the squad, and for me, I think that's why I think there'll be very very few changes in the starting eleven tonight. I would probably see Stephen O'Donnell retaining his place. Same with Declan Gallagher. I think I agree Tierney will come in. Um, I, I, I just think international teams, they play better when they get to play play together more regularly. So I think for that reason, I think Clark will make as few changes as possible for tonight. Will it be a fairly brutal viewing, do you imagine? Gordon, what are you thinking? What sort of game is it going to be? Yeah, of course it will. I mean, I think, I think that last game in the Nations League in the last month um, against the Czech public... I feel like Clark almost sent the team out as a dress rehearsal, as in seed possession, stay tight, low block, hit hit the team on the counter. I think that's what we're going to see tonight. I think, but but they're they're capable of that. You know, we've kept three clean sheets in a row, so it'll be a long night for sure. Here's a, here's a bit of good news for you. Um, and now I'm going to try and pronounce his name properly. Look at Milo Vojevic, the Crystal Palace captain. Uh, he's out. I don't know if you heard that news. Um, that he's tested positive for for COVID nineteen in the course of the day, um, and, and he will be missing. Which is maybe interesting if it goes to a penalty shootout because uh, he's a bit of a mean man, Chris, isn't he? From from the spot, uh, the the Palace skipper. So so he's out of it. Um, tonight but but all sorts of, of big names like Tadic and Mitrovic and uh, the guy that Alec McLeish was talking to us about last night because he, he had him in his squad at Genk when uh, the former Scotland manager was in Belgium and uh, Milankovic Savic who plays his club football at, at Lazio um, all, the, all the main men pretty much apart from the one I've just mentioned are, are going to be there but but I guess it's a it, it's a point to ponder as well that that Serbia, Simon, will be looking at form players and exciting players and dangerous players in the Scotland team. The likes of what Andy Robertson does for Liverpool, what John McGinn does for Aston Villa. I mean, they'll be looking at Scotland players, Ryan Christie, London Dykes. Uh, yeah. you know, they'll be yeah. worried about some of our players. And listen, I think Chris said earlier on, Serbia aren't the most consistent side. You know, they've had some poor results as well of late uh, but I agree with Gordon. I don't think there'll be too many changes in the starting eleven tonight. I think the obvious ones, Christie will will come in for the injured Fraser, and with the quality of Tierney and Robertson for Scotland, we can't leave them out. So I think those will be the three definite changes for me. Whether he tweaks it a wee bit more, I don't know. But yes, yeah, Serbia will look at our team, and they'll. I mean, Tierney's playing with Arsenal. Robbo's playing with uh, Liverpool. McGinn's at the top of his game, and a. a uh, an on-form Villa side Christie's on-form Ryan Jack for me did really well in the last game for Scotland 
So we've got players playing at the top of their form here and they'll obviously be looking at our team as well and hopefully they are, hopefully they are worried. It's obviously Gordon a crying shame that the, the Tottenham Army aren't there in Belgrade tonight. Yeah, it is. It's a great shame. But then again, on the flip side, their support isn't there either. I mean, yeah. a friend of mine sent me a video of the walk through the tunnel where it's all graffitied and it's so intimidating. And imagine walking down that tunnel with the so many thousand Serbian fans going crazy outside. That's not what we're walk- what we're walking into tonight. So I-, I think that's a big benefit for us. As much as they'll miss the Tartan Army, I think they'll be very grateful that the Serbian fans aren't there either. Chris Park, you've played in Serbia, haven't you? Yeah, I have. I just don't know if it's the same stadium. <laughs> Can or you not remember the tunnel? D- was there, was there graffiti down the side of the tunnel? <laughs> yeah, I just remember it. It, it wasn't the prettiest stadium. I'm, 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 I'm being nice saying that. Um, and the pitch quality was poor as well. Um, so I don't know what it's going to be like tonight. I've not seen pictures, so correct me if, if I'm wrong, if it is or if it isn't the same stadium that, that, that I played in, I think, back in, you said, 2013. Yeah, um, but... I mean, I, I guess the, what, what Gordon's saying is that the, the absence of their fans could be quite an important thing tonight. I think that's, I think that's a great point as well, because yeah. as much as we love the Tartan Army and they travel everywhere and, and there's no better atmosphere than Hamden for a home game, it can be intimidating going to places like this, you know, when, as Gordon says, you're coming out and it's a hostile environment. Tonight is going to be dead there. They're having to make their own atmosphere like every every other stadium just now. So that hopefully works in Scotland's favour. Yeah. If it's if it's low key. Yeah, no, they definitely the fans obviously would, would spur the Ser- the Serbians on. But these thing the thing is with the the these teams, the Eastern European teams, is that it's not just the quality that they have, is that they're willing to fight. Um they always fight for things. I think one I think Elinus has said that. Um, that there's one thing Scotland have to do is to match them with their fight um, and that's one thing that Scotland have been very good at over the last couple of games is that we are hard to beat and we are physical but when we get the ball down to play we can play Gordon's been talking about ploughing a furrow in his carpet because he made the dodgy decision of taking the day off what, what about the players? How difficult is it? I mean, everyone's different of course in, in, in building up to a game like this and having the whole day to, to, be, to be thinking about it Yeah, I think that listen me and Chris have experienced that if it's a European night or an international an evening night uh, kick-off it's always a, a long day but they're professional enough they'll have probably had a sleep they'll have had a couple of meetings just tried to keep relaxed uh, I think it's actually for guys like us that no long bill Chris plays but for guys that don't play anymore we're becoming the fans and becoming more nervous as the day goes on but I think the boys They've been through this. They've played in big games before. This is a big one, by all means, but they've played in these games before for their club and their country, and I think it'll be quite a relaxed day for them, just with Steve, obviously, at the helm, you know, yeah. emphasising that. Yeah, totally right. Um, I think Gordon will be more nervous than the rest of the players that are playing tonight. I think he's probably had, God's probably had pre-match meal, had a nap, everything, <laughs> um, to prepare himself for this game. But, no, the, the players definitely, you're saying Steve Clark at the helm, you know, it transcends down to the, the players uh, and that comes from the management the management team, you know, what they... What, what what message they give and how how their reaction is to training and to how they are in in the day of the match and that's certainly one thing that that Steve Clark has again worked with him is he creates a calmness um, and a surety in yourself and that's what will be tonight. Here's the skipper Andy Robertson on what Serbia have about them. Serbia are an excellent team, full of quality, and they have players that have played at the highest level and are playing at the highest level. 
Um, we've obviously played against some that are in the Premier League. You know, I played against Tadic a couple of weeks ago for Ajax and know all of his qualities. So, look, it's going to be a tough task. You know, we're going over there and, you know, they're probably favourites with everything that goes along with that. But sometimes that can play into our hands and we've been underdogs before and, and produced good results and hopefully that can happen um, tomorrow night. Or tonight, as the case may be. Um, it is a step up in quality for Scotland in terms of opposition. I don't think there's any doubt about that. So by that token, Simon, does Scotland have to improve tonight? That, that where they've been at performance level-wise, they actually have to go a, a good step higher? Yep, yeah. They need to build on what we've, we've done so far in the last few games. There have been good performances and got us to this position, but we're in the, the, the final playoff. So you're expecting you know, top opposition. And Serbia are that, and it's away from home, which makes it more difficult. So we look for a, a huge performance tonight from everybody, but I think we've got the quality there. I've said it all along. I've actually banged this drum for a few years and it's kind of came back to bite me in the backside, but hopefully not tonight. I, I definitely think we've got the players that can go and get the result tonight. Is their experience of qualification um, a, a big plus for them, Chris, do you think? Because since in the time that Scotland haven't qualified for anything, they've been at three World Cups. Um, I, w- I wouldn't say so now, no, I wouldn't say so. There was one thing that they do and I have noticed in their team is that a lot of, a lot of their players have, have played together in the, in the, they won the, the under-19s and under-20s World Cup um, and they've actually made the first team so maybe that's a little bit of a benefit having them played together. I think there's three, four or five of them that have done that. Um, they do have quality and they have played and in, in, um, in qualified for major tournaments. But at the same time, it's a one-off game. Anything can happen in a one-off game. I think what's really important, as Simon said, is that we have quality as well. And I, I no doubt that now Serbia are looking at us in a different light than they would have done um, a couple of games ago or even longer. I think the midfield area is very strong for us um, and in the left-hand side as well. And I think Serbia will be looking at that and to try and counter that for this game tonight as much as they are at home. Gordon, who are you looking to in that Scotland lineup? tonight to, to do the damage if you like Well I think for me I've been so impressed with Lyndon Dykes not just in his play but also just in his attitude you know when you listen to him in interviews I mean he wasn't born and raised in Scottish fatalism that I think just <laughs> infects all of us it infects me as a yeah. fan you know whereas he was born and raised in Australia where Australian exceptionalism you know you go out and you win every sport you play and he's brought that to the Scotland side you know that that's an attitude that's a way of mind that he's got that just really impresses me that I, I think, I think yeah, I'm expecting big things from him tonight Gordon um, where, where do you see the game getting won and lost tonight then where do you see the deficiencies that you would think that Scotland have or where you see our strengths are that we could actually qualify I think what's most important for me is that is that Lyndon Dykes doesn't get too isolated up front. If it is Ryan Christie that's going to be playing off him, he has to remember that he's got to play up close to him so he can win, he can play off his flick-ons. Because if we do sit too deep, and I think we will try and be compact at the back and try and play on the counter, we need to have some players up the field so we can spring those counters. And I think if, if you get in a situation where Lyndon Dykes has got nobody for 30 yards around him, we're going to really struggle when we win the ball to get out and push up the field. So there's a lot relying on Dykes, but a lot relying on Christie to play alongside him. I, I, for, for that reason, I was so I was gutted that Ryan Fraser wasn't there because I thought that combination they had yeah. worked here, so here. well. Yeah, well, maybe I'll be wrong then. Maybe that then will come from the full-backs or the wing-backs that will then support Dykes as well as Christie. Well, one of them anyway, an attack. Here's hoping. What's the tartan scarf prediction? 
Um, I, I, I believe we can win. I, I can't predict that we will win, but I think I have confidence that there's a plan. I have confidence that the players are confident in the plan. I think it'll be 1-0. I think it'll be a tight, edgy game. I think if we score first, we've got the team that can defend the lead. If they score first, I worry if this system that we set up with will be able to overcome a deficit. So I think 1-0. I wouldn't want to say which way. And are you in a position yet to sit down and calm down ahead of kickoff? No, I've not sat down for a couple <laughs> Right, just keep keep walking then and remember, <laughs> remember it starts at 7.45, so don't miss kickoff. <laughs> Will do, thanks guys. Gordon, thanks, thanks a Gordon. lot. That's Gordon from Scarf on the Go Radio Football Show. The Go Radio Football Show. Let's go! Tonight's the night for Scotland. Let's hope so. An hour and 15 minutes away in Belgrade, Serbia against Scotland for the right to play in the European Championship finals. And of course, uh, for our national team, our men's team, our women's have done it already. Our men's team would be ending a 22-year wait, probably 23 by the time the the finals uh, come around. And it all hinges on 90 minutes, maybe 120 minutes, maybe a penalty shootout. And we have the all-important team news on the Go Radio Football Show. It's Rob McLean here, Simon Donnelly, Chris in the studio we heard earlier on from Darren Jackson and from Colin Hendry two players who know all about qualifying for a major tournament so the team news is here and uh, I'm just wondering if I can retain my modesty at this stage <laughs> and if Simon's going to be able to as I well gonna, I thought you were going to let me read it out for uh, you, no? well, well do you want to? <laughs> without your specs on can, yeah. you, can you do it from that sort of range? yeah if you want Okay, go for it uh, remarkably it's our prediction Rob I know. Uh, so it's Marshall and goals McTominay, Gallagher and Tierney is a back three O'Donnell on the right John, uh, Robertson on the, the left Ryan Jack and McGregor and McGinn is a midfield three and I'd imagine Christie to play off Lyndon Dykes up top So Chris you were only two players out I think I was three um, Were you? Yeah There's one thing don't ask me back and if I was a manager <laughs> I would get I'd be getting slaughtered off the fans for being far too defensive <laughs> we, we, we brought you in of course because of your insight yeah. into the mind of Stevie Clark um, and I've got it wrong exactly yeah yeah. but anyway w- once you recover from the, the shock of the, the lineup, up um, what do you think of that team? No I'm delighted I'm happy you know as I said before whoever steps in does their job um, so no it's looking good I'm, I, I, it's mostly I think it's, Two changes are deliberate. One has just come in. For instance, I think you know Tierney and and Robertson have to come in, yeah. um, and then you've got Fraser's injured, so Christie plays instead of Fraser. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm delighted with it. I'm looking forward to it, and I, I can honestly say that I, I think we will score um, and within the ninety minutes. We've got Scotland fans queuing up to talk to us on the show. Next up is John Bleasdale. It was on a bit of a. A whistle-stop media tour at the moment, John, with your boy Callum as well. You're just off Sky Sports News, so you're you're uh, very popular this evening. Yeah, well, Callum's certainly very popular. Um, he definitely stole the show, so it was nice for Sky to invite us on. And thank you um, for inviting me on um, Go Radio tonight. Not at all. It was a pleasure to have you. What do you reckon to the team, John? Yeah, I, I kind of predicted that team. Um, I thought you know. Oh, not you as well. <laughs> <laughs> now you see it. I know he does, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of expected that to be starting lineup. Um, Christie coming in for Fraser was kind of obvious when it when Fraser was injured and team they came in for Constantine. It's maybe a wee bit harsh on Constantine because he played well the last couple of games, but Tierney has been very solid there for Arsenal in that system, and um, I'm more than happy to see Tierney back in the team as well. 
and it's a one-off team selection, isn't it? It's 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 a it's not one you want to be mucking about with tonight. You just want your best players in there. You want the best system um, because you're you're up against a top team. We know that uh, in Serbia, um, Stevie right uh, Steve, Stevie Clark has to get it right tonight. Oh yeah, without a doubt. And um, no, I was a critic when um, they brought the C five two in. I didn't think it looked particularly great in the first couple of games, but last month it showed why. Steve Clark is a football manager and my I'm <laughs> doing podcasts and Zoom calls and stuff but um, no um, it's good that he's um, that the system seems to be working um, it's a throwback to when we last qualified obviously I spoke to Craig um, on my podcast last week and for the magazine Craig so, Brown yeah um, yeah um, so he was um, so it's good to see that we throw back and hopefully um, it pays off again tonight. And Craig was telling me that he wants to look out his tartan scarf for the um, the, the finals if we qualify. And I call that, you know, I was only 17 when we last qualified. I wasn't even legally able to drink at that point. <laughs> so, Are you going to make up for it tonight? <laughs> yeah, I've got a few beers in the fridge, yeah. Excellent. So, so John Chris was one of the doubters. There were a lot, lot of them about, a lot of us about. I would have to say, I, I was, I was watching some of those early games under Stevie Clark, and and I, I was fully embraced his appointment. I, I wanted him, like most of us did, wanted him for the job. Was having a few doubts early on. Did you have the faith all the way through with Stevie Clark? It's easier for me to say yes, just because I've worked with him, um, and I know there was a lot of doubts when he took the job and. And then he played the style of three at the back. But you have to get as many good players on the pitch as you can and that fitted the formation. Um, he's one, it's a formation as well that you need to remember it's very difficult to to get that right instantly. You know, you have to work on it in the training field to get it, you know, make sure that everybody knows their roles. Um, it's a bit different from playing a four at the back, which makes it a little bit easier, but playing a three is, is difficult. So, yeah, you know... Again, now that put more pressure on him because he was playing three at the back with a three-five-two, but I had no doubts whatsoever. And the thing is, you need to remember if if you actually done your research and Steve Clark, you know, but the games at Kamarnock, some of them weren't pretty, but we got the job done. And at the end of the day, you have to remember when you're a successful team that it's not going to be pretty all the time. You're not going to be like a Brazil or, for instance, a Real Madrid or a Barcelona. You know, we're Scotland. Um, and we have to make sure that we get the result no matter what performance you get. Um, I think sometimes people expect performance and results and it's very difficult to get that, to get there too. Um, so you have to sometimes just pick one and then, and obviously you, John, have to make sure that you, you pick the correct one and I'm sure it was results first. Absolutely. Results over performance, John. Oh yeah, without a doubt, that's, um, that's all we want as a Scotland fan. Um, I never had any doubt that Steve Clark was the right appointment. I mean, when people were getting carried away over the four defeats we had, let's be honest, it was Belgium and Russia who are miles better than us right now. Um, but he's been working um, closely with the players to find a f- formation that suits. Um, and it, se- it seems to be working. And, you know, I would take extra time and penalties right now if it was offered to us. Um, obviously, I'd rather we got the job done in 80 minutes when we yeah, haven't please. for 22 years. <laughs> have you got, have you got enough bills in the fridge, John, <laughs> for extra time and penalties? <laughs> have you got an extra time fridge as well as the regular one, just in case it goes to an extra half hour? I've, I've, I've got a couple of spares just in case it goes to distance. I <laughs> well, might need it. <laughs> they, they, might, they might come in handy. But Simon, is what we're seeing at the moment, and let's hope it continues tonight, manager and players on the same page for Scotland? Yeah, 100%. Moving in the right direction uh, in the last few games in particular, it's evident it's got us here tonight to where we are. Uh, I really like the look of the team. And there's, 
there's, there's stuff there in the bench, you know, should we need it? Griffiths is there, Armstrong, the pace, Burke McBurney if we need them, you know. Uh, it's a good looking side and I think we've got the quality there to go and get a result. But yeah, it's, it's, it's moving in the right direction for Scotland. This will be the icing in the cake tonight to get to our finals. Let's save the performances for the finals. You know? <laughs> I like that. Uh, and get a result tonight. Yeah, yeah the one thing is, as Steve Clark does, we can't get instant success when we, when he first stepped in the door. We need to remember that over... Oh, uh, probably leaking too many goals and the first thing he did was shut that shop up yeah. um, and get clean sheets and you've always got a chance if you keep clean sheets um, again we go back to performances but sometimes it's not pretty when you have to keep just to keep a clean sheet and stay in the game um, and then eventually as you be a, as Steve Clark is and his coaching staff is our builders and they can just build on that and, it, and then it bleeds confidence into the camp and he's actually bleed not just confidence into his the camp he's actually bled it into the nation now and everybody's behind him which is great to see it's actually a bit similar to the time that I was in the squad with Gordon Stratton where everybody was behind him and had that actual belief that we would qualify we're going to have to take that team off the big screen actually in here in the studio because we're we all can't take our eyes off it now. We're yeah. like rabbits in the headlights looking at the looking at the, the Scotland lineup. Um John, I'm just wondering, have you have you been in Dreamland at times today and thinking what it would be like to be part of a Tartan Army support in Belgrade? Um I don't know if I would have been able to make it with two kids. Um but <laughs> it, it's it's certainly missing something. That's what Dreamland's all about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. It would it would be it would be amazing if Scotland fans were there. It's just unfortunate it's a situation. Um, you know, last month we had three games at Hamden um, in front of no fans, and for me, who normally goes to the games, that was difficult um, watching at home rather than being at Hamden like I normally am. But hopefully, we can get hopefully we can get through um, because it would just. It would be such a boost to the country if we qualified. I mean, I remember what it was like, obviously, when we qualified. The, the buzz leading up to that game against Brazil and your famous commentary, Rob, I still oh. get that in my, in my, my head and calling equalises for Scotland. It would just be such a boost if we managed to do it. And um, I really hope um, we do it. Just don't ask me to predict the game because I'm really not sure. <laughs> I, I mean, I have to remember being in the Stade de France and, and at that moment when John Collins equalised with the penalty and I looked up at the, the the electronic scoreboard and I thought just okay for, just freeze it right there Simon you're, you're <laughs> probably having similar thoughts we'll take 1-1 one, one against Brazil I think oh definitely I, I mean you're on the, the world stage you know the first game of the World Cup against Brazil in the Stade de France it doesn't, it doesn't get any bigger uh, and even from the minute as I said earlier on the build up to the game it was immense but strutting onto the pitch with the with the kilts on and you know taking the acclaim of the, the Tartan Army it was, it was unbelievable and we, we actually gave a real good account of ourselves that day you know yeah. we were unfortunate with the, the OG uh, that effectively won the game for Brazil but John's right we need these times back you know we, we need to be at the big finals for the whole nation for the support for every, every, everybody to do with football uh, it gives us such a boost uh, and hopefully the boys get over the line tonight and we can look forward to the Euros and I think lots of people around the world agree with that uh, point of view as well, don't they? Because Scotland really add to a tournament, Chris, in so many ways. Of course they do. The fans, the fans do, um, and it's just unfortunate. Probably for for most countries, I know some some do get into the stadium. That this is a time now where we have to cheer our fans on through a TV screen um, and watch the game and wear our scarves or whatever we can do. But hopefully by the end of it, that we, we can all celebrate out in the street and and have a sing and dance and 
at our doorstep and everybody can step out um, and celebrate then. But no, listen, it's, it's, it'd be great to just see Scotland, especially as I said before, John's got, got kids and he would like to see his kids um, see Scotland playing a major tournament. Um, sit down and watch it with them and hopefully maybe get to go with them um, with the free tickets rather than the one ticket John you can go um, I'm not sure if you're allowed to do that <laughs> I, I might be able to, be able to my missus would um, like the piece to be fair so <laughs> but my boys are old enough definitely one day I think my, my youngest one is only three months I think it's a wee bit too early but my five and a half year old Callum um, I was hoping to take my Nations League game this year before Covid hit um, and obviously we can't just now so it was good taking him to see Hamden for the first time um, tonight and see what it's all about next time we go there hopefully we can get into the ground and watch a game and oh. hopefully when they see Scotland qualifying more often It'll be interesting to know though he asked people and how they feel as if because you have to prepare just in case you know what happens if Scotland don't qualify would you still be happy with the way things are going? I'm seeing progress. I mean, we've got to look at the bigger picture as well. I mean, we can't over oversee the fact that we've got two big Nations League games, and if we win one of them, um, we get we go into the um, A section in the, in the um, for the for the next one. Yeah, it's promotion, gives, isn't it? It's a for the World Cup. Yeah, it's a playoff for the yeah, World Cup, playoff. but also it gives a good um, seeding position for Euro 2024. So. Um, that's that's probably the bigger picture if we don't make it tonight but obviously I'm greedy and I want both Can we take one crisis at a time please? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I'm just let's, thinking let's long term I don't, want, I don't want the fans to think if, if something doesn't, no, it doesn't go right then we we then jump on the bandwagon and think yeah, we need a change we need to change formation etc we're still going on the right path and as long as everybody yeah, still believes definitely. in that then, then we've got a a great future ahead yeah we're making progress on, on so many fronts and let's hope uh, that continues in the course of the evening John hope you have a, a good evening enjoy it and uh, hopefully we're all in celebratory mood later Thanks, on Rob. good to have you on the show that's uh, John Bleasdale looking forward to Serbia against Scotland and if you've just joined us in the last few minutes it's Marshall McTominay Gallagher and Tierney O'Donnell and Robertson Jack and McGregor Christie and McGinn Lyndon Dykes up front Serbia against Scotland it all starts at 7.45 The Bull Radio Football Show Let's go an hour from kickoff in Belgrade, Serbia against Scotland. And just because Chris Burke dared me to, I'm going to read out the home team, <laughs> which is Rajkovic in goals, Milankovic, Mitrovic, Gudelje, Lazovic, Maksimovic, Lukic, Kostic, quite a lot of itches, to be honest, Tadic, Milankovic, Savic and Mitrovic. Um, any resemblance between those and the accurate pronunciations were completely accidental. Um, the Scotland team is a bit easier to read out. Marshall, McTominay, Gallagher and Tierney is the back three. Um, O'Donnell, Jack McGregor and Robertson, Christie and McGinn supporting Lyndon Dykes up front. And uh, talking about Lyndon Dykes, let's hear from Scotland's number nine. Yeah, obviously he's a talented player and he's done really well for, for Celtic for a number of years and everyone knows he's a great finisher as well. So, um, yeah, obviously I think we could do great together. I think we've got a lot of strikers in the squad, but just what, what the manager would want to do and it's really up to him and then we'll see from see what, from what happens there. All the well, boys are focused and everyone's dying to get out there and just show everyone that we, we can do it. And um, obviously it's going to be a tough game against a good side, but... With the, with the team that we have, I think we need to go in with confidence. It's a one-off game, so you never know what happens. 
Yeah, that was Lyndon Dykes uh, talking initially about Lee Griffiths and who may well join him in the course of the game coming off the bench later on. But it is Dykes on his own up front uh, for starters, hopefully supported by Ryan Christie and John McGinn. And then just that very positive outlook uh, that he's given off since the day he was first called up, since the day he decided uh, on Scotland against uh, over Australia in terms of international football, Simon. And he ain't stopped impressing us since. He's been brilliant. He's come in, he's taken his opportunity, he's taken the jersey of the number nine for Scotland at the moment, scoring goals and leading the line. And I think that physical presence as well is great for us as a nation, getting the ball up, for him to hold in and allow the legs around him to come up and support. Uh, but he's been first class uh, from the minute he, he, he took the jersey. Talking of first class, let's speak to comedian Ray Bradshaw, a big Scotland fan, but big Park Thistle fan as well. And you can see Hamden from your house, Ray. Yeah, it's right outside. Sometimes I point at the mural of Andy Robertson and tell my wee boy that it was me when I was younger. <laughs> Does he believe you? <laughs> oh, no, not at all. I look like John Hartson, but it's fun <laughs> for me to try. A, a slimmer version, I would have to be said. Thank you. Um, what, are you thinking? what are you thinking about that Scotland team, Ray? Uh, I think it's the first time in maybe two or three years that you could pick the team on the Monday and it's kind of what you thought it would be for the game three or four days later. I think the only one I maybe would have changed is I might have stuck Stuart Armstrong in for Ryan Christie. Just He's been on really good form recently, playing off the striker. Um, but it's, I'm actually really happy with it. It's lovely to see guys like Declan Gallagher who yeah. has taken a jersey, not put a foot wrong the whole time. And he was probably one of the first names in the line of defence, which is mental when you think about the two guys playing either side of them are from Man U and Arsenal. Yeah, and there's some top quality in reserve as well, isn't there, on the on the bench, the likes of Stuart Armstrong, um, you know, who who for at one moment for one moment at the weekend there with Southampton was top of the English Premier League and yeah. he scored one of the goals for them uh, at the weekend as well. So so it may not be all about eleven players tonight. No, we've also got if we think about Ollie McBurney and Ollie Burke that's 35 million quid's worth of quality yeah. if we want to turn on it. And then I'm really, really excited. I'm sure everyone is about the prospect of Lee Griffiths coming off the bench because the last few times he's come off the bench for Celtic, he's looked very exciting. And Lyndon Dykes, we just heard from him there. You know, he's he just uh, he's a lot more Australian than, than Scottish, I guess, in, in, his, yeah. in his psyche and, and in terms of those positive vibes, Ray, that he gives off. I think everyone... So I, I listened to an interview with Scott McCormany earlier today they all seem to be really positive. And to be fair to Steve Clark, he's brought in a really good team spirit. And I think we've got to remember, we're unbeaten in a calendar year. <laughs> when was the last time we said that? Listen to, listen to this voice. Like voice. Like <laughs> voice I know. You can't get any more high-pitched than that. that was, <laughs> no, that's, that's my highest level of excitement. I just think I'm really excited and I'm really, really nervous. But you see Chris Bark here with us. He ain't surprised because he he has uh, he has worked under the under Stevie Clark before. He knows all about the the Clark way, don't you, Chris? Of course, yeah. Uh, as I said, fortunate enough, I worked with him. Yes. Um, obviously, I'm probably a little bit more calmer than the rest, and I don't have a high pitched voice there. Like <laughs> <me. laughs> um, but no, listen. There's no panic, as as he'll be saying. He'll be transcending that to the the squad, not just the players, the starting eleven. Um, and he always says, "Is just as long as you prepare well, um, is what he'll do. Training, 
the training load, what the tactics will be, what the jobs are of each individual, then that bleeds confidence into the, the players and then they know their roles and then they're more confident. Um, so, yeah, hopefully uh, it all comes in the end. It, it could be a Ferris tale story, as you said, you know, Griffiths coming off the bench and then maybe scoring. Chris, can I ask you about uh, Steve Clark? Because I've interviewed him three or four times. Yep. Does he have a range of emotions or is it just the one he's got all the time? No, he does. He just doesn't show it to you. Um, right, okay. He'll show it to the, his backrooms team. Um, he'll show it to the players. Um, but when it comes to actually maybe interviews or coming across on TV, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll just be that, maybe you would say that bland way, maybe not give anything away. He'll always say that he's got that poker face um, and you just don't know what you can you can feed off him. Um, but no, he, I, I wouldn't take offence or worry about it. It's interesting uh, who, who he's assembled alongside him as well, isn't it? He, he's got Stephen Reid there, he's, he's got Stevie Woods as the goalkeeper coach, and he's got John Carver, who obviously uh, he, he worked with at, at Newcastle. Yeah, I've seen a little bit on, uh, I think it was social media, the, there was an interview with the four coaches, uh, and I think he's he goes back with John Carver, obviously, to the Newcastle days, yeah. uh, way back, somebody that he can obviously trust, which is important. Uh, he's, he joked about it in the interview about bringing Stevie Woods back in because he'd, he'd left in the old regime and then he brought him straight back in uh, and Stephen Reid I think was a player under uh, Steve yeah. Clark as well yeah. at, at Reading so he's acquired that team he obviously knows them well they work well together uh, and that's hugely important you know I've been in the managerial side myself it's hugely important to have that trust of the guys round about you your immediate men uh, and he certainly seems to have that in these these guys and, and, and Ray, we were just rhyming off those the names that that Stevie Clark has worked with as assistant in in his management times, like likes of Bobby Robson, Hulett, Mourinho, yeah. Zola, Dalglish, Di Matteo. I mean, you know, it, even if you take a fraction of knowledge from those guys, it's going to all add up to a, a pretty serious uh, managerial bit of brain power. Yeah, and you can see that by the way he set us up. You can tell there's. I mean, Steve Clark, I thought, was the best appointment at the time. It went on and on and on. But even, like, the guys he's brought in, like you were just saying there, John Carver, there's a great interview with John Carver from years ago where he says, in his mind, he's one of the best coaches in the world. And since John Carver came in, we've not lost a game. So maybe John Carver (laughs) is the best coach in the world. We can name him here right now, the best coach, as, as, as long as we win tonight, of course. The thing um, is, yeah. John Carver, sorry to interrupt, Rob, is that he's just the perfect replacement from Alex, from Alex Dyer. Um, he's that energetic approach. Um, he's got that relationship very, very well with the players and with his coaching staff. So, again, as Simon said, it's a fantastic appointment in identifying what is needed in that team and the backroom staff. And by appointing John Carver, he's just been an excellent replacement from, uh, from taking over from Alex Dyer. Is he as horizontal as Alex Dyer? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, well, listen, Alex Dyer's, a, a, again, I'm fortunate enough to work with Alex Dyer, who's been terrific with me, obviously being an assistant manager and the manager now at Kilmarnock, so well, may that continue. Uh, Ray, did you, have you kept the faith all the way, all the way through um, Stevie Clark's time in charge, even when the the performances were pretty brutal and, and the results were equally brutal. Yeah, yeah, but I think what's really important about tonight is if we get a good result, because if you look back to, say, two years ago, I do a lot of the kind of pre-match stuff yeah. um, for the SFA and I've seen crowds drop and drop and drop, and not just because I'm doing a gig, but like they've <laughs> dropped and dropped and dropped. 
And they've started to come back up. And it is ironic about kind of the coronavirus stuff and we can't be in the stadium because the last game would have been packed. And he has brought this kind of feel-good factor. Some of the football might not be the most attractive, but he gets the job done. And he's done what people have been crying out for years to get form Scottish Premier League players. So Andy Considine comes in last time, doesn't put a foot wrong. He's unlucky to miss out. Stephen O'Donnell dropped for Palmer for a few games, comes back in. I thought the Israel game, O'Donnell wasn't the best, but the two games after that, I thought he was excellent. And we're getting these guys who we see week in, week out in the Scottish Premier League play ahead of guys who maybe have played in League One and might get a few caps and then drift away that we've kind of got used to for the last 15 years. So yeah, I'm fully behind them. And the the Scotland call-off has become an endangered species in recent times, hasn't it? And that and that's yeah. a sign when, when things are going well. And what I quite liked about the last time round was he called up Paul McGinn and um, Portis was in the original squad. But he Paul Hanlon. Paul, yeah, Paul Hanlon. Um, he didn't just give them caps as like, giving them away like sweeties, which has been done so many times. It's almost like right now in this kind of winning mentality, you have to earn the caps. And it's been so long since we saw that. Yeah, Bertie Vogt uh, was, the, was the name that was coming to my mind when I was thinking of uh, confetti and, and Scotland caps, Simon. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we went through so many players in, in that time. Uh, it was a difficult one, maybe, to, to follow after Craig Brown, who had a tried and tested squad, you know, had good senior players in that squad uh, through three or four campaigns. But the point there that Ray's making is, is, is valid because, you know, you're, you're pulling guys in there in the last squad and there's a want. There's a want, you know, and there should be to go and play for your, for your nation. There should be a sense of pride. And as you say, it's great to see there's not many pullouts you know everybody wants to be involved and that reflects well on the, the squad just now as Chris touched on earlier on the start of the is important but you've got guys there that are going to be desperate to go on and do a job for Scotland tonight Chris what's what's the Stevie Clark philosophy What what's the message tonight that he will be imparting to those 11 that we've we've read out and in terms of what he wants I don't want to give the game away in case I give tactics away to Serbia or anything like that. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think we've got too many Serbian listeners. I think Listen, you should be okay. We've only got like, what, six minutes left and you'll want me to tell you how good Steve is. No, we've Clark only got is. about 60 seconds well, left. Have we? Ah, so, um, so can you make it a headline? Listen, um, just, uh, it's important that you win the match, but it's equally important that you don't lose the match. Um, you have to stay in the game. Is that good enough? Yeah. I think that's good enough. And let's find some uh, suitable music to play us out. I wonder what we could... Uh, I'm more of a 500-miles man myself, but let's go Let's go for a quick blast of uh, of this before we go. Oh, yes, Ray. This, is it bringing tears to your eyes? Yeah, because it's so bad. <laughs> I know, I know. I know. Are you more of a 500-miles man as well? Yeah, give me some Loch Lomond, something yeah. to get me emotional. Exactly. What do you think then tonight? Uh, extra time and then we'll win on penalties. Thanks for joining us on the show, Ray. Simon, what about your prediction? I'm going 1-0. And I think Griffiths, second half. OK. Chris? Um, the same as Ray, I think I'll go to penalties. OK. Um, well, I've, I've uh, nailed my colours to the mass last night. I said 1-0, John McGinn in the first half. And then Scotland hold out for another 1-0. We will find out. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go!